You are listening to CubeCast, the design ops podcast for design experts and leaders. Hello, guys. Welcome to CubeCast, our very own Qubits uh, podcast series. So I'd really like to start this episode with a famous quote from Henry Ford and Edward Everett. And that goes like this. Coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress and working together is success. I mean, I'm sure our target audience would have heard this many a times in the past. And I'm a firm believer of the fact, fact that great things happen when the best of minds come together. And that's precisely what we're going to discuss today. The topic is going to mostly revolve around, you know, how do we, how can one identify the best, you know, from, from a lot of people that are available and why is, you know, design portfolio or the design behind design is so important for being the best. So, so welcome to the show, folks. I'm Raghu. I'm your host. With that backdrop, let me shift to the focus of the topic today. And our guest today is a veteran design leader, Shashank. Welcome to the show. And thanks for sparing Thank time today for this conversation. So how are you doing today? Good, good, Raghu. Thanks. Thanks for inviting. It's a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you again. Before I start, I want every designer to listen to this conversation you know, with, with, with large ears so that, you know, there's a lot to take away from there. Shank, I mean, I, I know your journey so well, you know, you've been a, a, a veteran designer, a design leader. And in that journey, I'm sure you've hired, I don't know if I can even put a number, but I'm sure I just use the word many to describe that you've hired many, many talents in your long design career. So I want to start by asking you, what's your typical design you know hiring process how do you go with hiring and how do you get that pulse you know it's important to get that undercurrent right the current behind the current how do you do that what can you if you can share some tricks under your sleeve with our audience that would be amazing so thanks i mean this topic on you know how you hire the right talent a good talent has been very very close to my my heart and if you look at my career that spans more than three decades now, I must have hired close to about more than 500 designers. And I've done this in product companies. I've done this in services companies. And I've also done this in like companies that, that are sort of a part of my design portfolio. So so there are, there is a whole lot of ta- talent that I've hired in last year. So Shashan, just one days. small interjection for 500 designers. Can you share how many interviews have you done to hire those 500 designers? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I that count I probably may not have because, <laughs> but you can you can roughly assume you can roughly assume that you know it must have been about uh, at least one is to ten. So you can say about five wow. interviews wow. <laughs> interviews that I've done in in past. Uh, so and and I had people at multiple levels. I mean, people at entry level, people at the mid level, and I've also hired some 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 really very senior design leaders. And everywhere the strategy is different. But uh, let me tell you what are the two or three things that are very very important. I think the first and the foremost thing is that I really look at the pedigree of design uh, of of the of the talent, yeah, especially whether he has some formal education, he's got some formal background in in uh, in design. So that's important, and that kind of comes up in the the CV that 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 issue. So for for me, that's that's really really important for 
I also look at the the portfolio, and and then we can get into details of what exactly I can look into portfolio. But I think that's that's important for me as well. And what typically what I do, and I've done this because you know when you when you look at a portfolio, you are sort of looking at someone else's context with someone else's this thing. I always give an exercise that that is from the domain that I'm I'm familiar or something which is completely neutral where I can see how a person thinks. And I think the entire attempt here is to really understand what is the process that a person is following right how, how is he how is he thinking process i mean how is he framing the problem how is he defining the the goals or the objectives of of the challenge that is thrown at him and you know what is the process sometimes it's uh, i mean you know the process or the uh, output that he comes up may be good or not so good but i i always care about the process and i believe that's fundamental and that's not changed in my in my entire career and i think just to sort of tell you that you know, if I, whenever i mean i have hired five 500 designers or more than 500 designers you know i have had seen very less attrition so i believe that the I mean, my attrition has been literally in you know less than five percent in my entire career that you know people who have come and stayed stayed and worked with me have very few of them have left. So is it, uh, and that's just one point. Uh, is it is it because of the process that you have followed in hiring that your attrition has been so low? Multiple things. I mean, uh, of course, okay. of course, you can, you can, you can. There are there are multiple factors that play where we do hire a person and ensure that you know he's engaged. And 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 that's a that could be a different topic for our podcast next <laughs> uh, session. But but I think the primary thing here is that you know how do you how do you kind of understand how a person thinks how do you understand you know what is the thinking that's going on when a th- challenge is thrown at him and that has been very very critical for 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 and i have i have very very rarely gone wrong when i have gone down that path so that's sort of the three things that are important that you know i look at his pedigree i look at his his process portfolio in terms of you know how he's done multiple projects and especially from the process perspective and i always give a challenge just for for, for me to understand you know how how he thinks you know in a domain, he may be familiar, he may not be familiar. Yeah, I, I just want to add one more statement to what I said earlier before we started. I think even the hiring managers should pay a lot of attention to this conversation, not just the designers. So, so Shashank, resume is typically one's opinion, right? So when I write my resume, seldom I would write bad things about me. So I'll always glorify what I have done in the past. You know, in the, in the haystack of resumes that falls on your lap, right? What are the signals that you look for? First of all, decide whether you want to proceed in that journey of hiring, right? That those signals are so important because I'm sure you would have to, to if you have said you have done 5,000 interviews to hire 500 designers, I'm sure, you know, 15 times that number would have fallen on your lap as resumes. Right? <laughs> That's even a larger haystack. So what do you look for in a resume? So typically there are, I mean, for, for me, one of the biggest signal is that, okay, hey, what kind of, um, I mean, every, if a person is sort of, I'm hiring laterally, and then, you know, is, is this person sort of stuck around in an organization for a little longer time? And there is, some of those are very critical for me that, you know, hey, this person has spent a considerable amount of time actually, you know, maybe learning or maybe doing things there or sort of taking some ownership and all that. Person who kind of has been jumping around or rolling stone is not something that I look at. And, and I saw many of those resumes where people were trying to, Churn, churn their uh, profiles every six to nine months. So that's a very important signal for me. 
I would also look at, you know, what kind of sort of typical educational background that he that he has got. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's formal, it's kind of also semi-formal, but it's very important that you know he's sort of seen through the through the through the trenches and then uh, risen in in the ranks. That's that's the second thing that's very very critical for me in my in my opinion. And then the third thing is of course the choice of companies that he's done. And is there a is there a sort of a progression in terms of the food chain that he's been? I mean, he's maybe he started at at the most sort of you can say low end of the food of the food chain and whether he's been able to traverse the journey upwards as as he goes along so those are two or three important signals for me to kind of see you know if that I, I very interesting so i just have one you know i would say a slight deviation from my regular list of questions that i wanted mm-hmm. to ask you i in my in the recent past i've i've observed that a lot of non non designers in the sense mm-hmm. people are not design educated are taking a lot of interest in design right there are engineers who may not be computer science engineers but other engineers as well who have shown a lot of inclination to become design specialists could be designers researchers or what not uh, would you look at them as a possibility as well if someone were to come to you and said i'm a let's say a, a, a iit delhi computer science engineer i'm interested in design would you look at them and consider them as a potential candidate absolutely so if you look at the profession it has kind of gotten evolved i mean initially there are very basic skills that people would look at you know say okay i want mm-hmm. a a designer who can just create wireframes right i mean that was probably the the biggest skill that people wanted so someone who can very clearly understand you know the the micro interactions or you know all the uh, like designing using some patterns and uh, ui libraries and things like that so that was sort of then you know there were some more dimensions that got added there were visual design there were there were research there were maybe ux writing came in in between however the profession is kind of evolving very very rapidly so if you look at there are a lot of very interesting opportunities that are getting created at the intersection of design and technology or design and marketing or design and business right um and that throws up many interesting possibilities i mean if you if you want to hire a tech graduate who is interested in design for maybe doing like wireframes probably not the right right way or not the right but if you are looking at him saying okay hey how can he be like a very very evolved ui uh, developer uh, or a ux developer i mean there is a new term that people have coined yeah. since okay he is a person who understand ux development very very equally and that has become very critical thing or let's say someone who understands a lot of these aspects about marketing using data and analytics how we can work very closely with marketing person or maybe there is someone who can work very closely with the management and and you know how can you evolve this whole aspect of design operations that is kind of coming up very very rapidly in in the so so there are as the as the field gets matured there are a lot of these opportunities that are coming up where you need to look at cross functional skills uh, skills from other domains who can come in and they may need some education they may need some some uh, some orientation but definitely if the person has the right mindset has the right attitude i think they will i believe there are opportunities and i look at, i look at them very very seriously wonderful wonderful you you said there are three important parameters that you look for in anyone who's approach you let's say for an opportunity formal education in design which is an extension that we discussed just a few minutes ago and you also use portfolio right as one of the important parameters and in, when i heard you you said design and process right so what do you typically look for in a portfolio i'm not consciously calling it as a design portfolio i'll leave you to explain it 
So what do you look yeah. for in, in a portfolio? And why is portfolio so important? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there are multiple reasons why portfolio. I mean, in fact, I, I, I'm sort of trying to abstain calling it like portfolio. I think the right to be a word or right terminology that I want to use here is the process folio. Okay. okay. Because, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, because I think what happens, I, I get a lot of resumes where I just see the final output, right? Saying that, okay, hey, you worked on a particular project. It was in some, something that would have some mobile application or maybe some, some other application. And I see just the final screens. And I don't understand what are the challenge that was thrown at the person. I don't understand what is the process that he followed. I don't understand why he came up with a particular design. If if was it was it by his own own sort of thought process or was it that you know client driving the design? So there could be multiple. So people who are either fresh out from college or looking for a job, I there are three or four things that are very important for me i think the first thing has to be that you know each you just pick up few projects i don't think you should show multiple projects just show two or three of your best work which will demonstrate the depth and the diversity Mm -hmm. i think that's important the second thing is that it's it's very critical that you actually narrate a story behind it it's you know not not just show the final output or not just show it like a like saying, okay, I did this, I did this, but what is the what is the story that that and that story always has to start with some sort of a goal or some some of the challenge that was thrown. What was the challenge that mm-hmm. business threw at you, and how did you really address that challenge using using your design thinking? I think the other thing that I always look at is that how can you demonstrate the process of it? Can you demonstrate the steps that you follow? Okay, I I I was given this challenge, and then, you know I came up with I I spent some time doing research and whatever it could be one-on-one interviews, one-on focus groups. You you did other ways to kind of just understand how the user. Then from there, how did you form the hypothesis? From there, how did you actually get get, get some high-level structure created? And then how did you do the detailed wireframes? And then. Uh, maybe you did some testing or, you know, was there some evaluation that happened at the end of it? I think you need to demonstrate this entire process of, you know, from research to design to evaluation or validation. And that will, I mean, I don't care about what the final output looks like, but if, if I'm able to understand or see that, you know, there's a person who really applied a good thought process in this entire journey, I think that's something that's, that's very important and very critical. One and the, and, and the final thing that I generally, a lot of, Times I, I get a portfolio and and people do sometimes show me the process and they'll show me the final design and 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 if I ask them some basic questions about you know why you choose to do this, he says no no my client was insisting that I should do this. And I think that's mm-hmm. fine, but I think you should always leave like a do an idle design saying okay hey, my client want to do this, but you know there are these this is this is my my final solution which is, i wanted to do it but didn't get implemented it always helps you to understand you know what is the deviation that that that's happened so they i've not i mean there only maybe one or two people that i've met where they did that saying okay hey this is what i client wanted i delivered this but you know hey i really wanted to do this and this is my my take on that this is very very interesting so typically when you receive a tech resume you get a github link where they may have done a bunch of pocs and they want to demonstrate that when you see a when you receive a, a, a design resume you typically get a behance link and you click on the behance link you get a bunch of colorful screens and what you're saying is the what doesn't really matter the how and the why behind the what is what makes the folio a process folio, and that's what you know designers should focus on rather than just showing Absolutely. those colorful screens 
Absolutely. I think you, you captured it really well saying, okay, show me how and why and the thinking behind it. And that can be best demonstrated in a, in a sort of a process format rather than what is the final artifact format. Absolutely. You're Absolutely. Right. This, is, this is great. And, and I mean, I have not, you know, looked at resumes in that sense or candidates in that sense. But I mean, for all the designers that are listening to us today, I think it's very important to understand this coinage process folio which is an evolution from design folio shashank just for a, a quick you know just for the benefit of our audience can you uh, once again uh, for the uh, for help us understand the difference between design folio that people are used to and process folio in few words so that it when you hear you when we hear you again it kind of help us helps us internalize it if you don't mind Absolutely. So portfolio typically tends to stay as a, and I'm talking about, I'm making a very generic case here. I mean, whatever portfolios I've seen last uh, multiple resumes is, is always a final artifact. It's always the final output, which does not show the thinking behind what. However, if you look at process folio, design process folio, it's important to show the thinking. It's important to show what was the challenge that was given to you. What was the steps that you followed to demonstrate the design process or design thinking that you have and then show what was the final output that, that you came about. So this what and how or showing the design thinking is very, very critical because that, that really demonstrates that, you know, how, how are you going to think when there's a next challenge that is thrown, thrown to you? Wonderful. I'm going to request my producers to just take this one and a half minutes and put it as a separate tidbit for our target audience to understand the difference. This is very interesting. You know, in the world of tools that are available to us, right, there are so many mm -hmm. tools that are available to create these folios, right? What tools do you recommend people to use? I mean, that's because you're, you're kind of rewiring how people should present themselves, right? You're not saying it's yeah. just the the final outcome, it's the process that goes behind the outcome, right? Are there tools, first of all, that allow you to do that? So, you know, there are the most popular tools that you'll see out there are, you know, tools like Dribble or B and, and there could be others. However, I think all of them tend to be very, very focused on on showing the process in a very like a static manner. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't show your your thought process. So it doesn't show how and what. Now, there are newer tools that are coming and I can talk about one such tool, Qubits, which allows you to demonstrate the entire process to you it'll 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 prompt you to kind of complete the entire journey of, of how you how do you do your initial research how will you do the entire uh, stakeholder management how do you do the entire high level information architecture the detailed design the visual design as well as some of the handshake that could, that could happen with both product management as well as engineering and then eventually if there are any validations that that you're doing so that you can prove the, the final goal that, that you started with. So there are multiple, I mean, there are, I mean, I've not seen too many, but Qubits is one of the tools that, that comes to my mind, which allows you to to do this pretty, pretty well and pretty, I mean, it's, it's, there are some portfolios that, that I've seen, which kind of really impressed me quite a bit. Yeah, that. Wonderful. So you're saying if I'm a designer, design typically is not really linear, like how people think. So it's a very non-linear process I could use qubits to explain the journey and in yep. the right in the real world i can just share that with the hiring manager and the hiring manager can experience that journey internalize it and then have that very interesting have a relevant conversation with the person that you're going to hire 
yeah absolutely because uh, what uh, what happens in cubis is that you know the entire context is saved you know you have activities or you can define your own activities in fact it will mm-hmm. it can start with saying okay you can define your entire design process and in the in the entire design process you can define your own activities and then you can add all the artifacts or all the art documents that that you're creating as part of that and be it research be it persona scenarios anything that's related to your entire design process so it it helps you to demonstrate the whole process in the right context and that's very very important for me i mean i can i can see how a person has thought through the whole thing very very clearly using a tool like cubits this is this is great stuff uh i, I know we are pretty close to our time today so one last question before we we call it in today Do you, i mean there is this craze of full stack engineers right you you had this coinage in the tech world i'm a full stack engineer do you see this happening in design as well a full stack designer who is you know master of all trades uh, you know as as design evolves and I, i think as it moves from product design to service design i mean i would i would say that you know when you get to the service design so you know no longer looking at just a single interface or a single this thing but you're looking at you know how what is the customer journey and how it can improve i mean i believe that's an equivalent of a full stack so 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 you you are you are now saying okay there could be a digital touch point there could be a physical touch point there could be a like a telephone touch point multiple of those touch points and you need to now go and design uh, every in any case one of my professors at at nid would would say that okay hey, design is always like a like a holistic designer you know if you can design maybe a 3d object you should be able to design 2d object or a or a marketing communication or 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 to some uh, product design or or interaction design so he, because the process the th- thought process doesn't change much right i mean it's a, it's a very simple process of you know how you how you uh, understand user how you empathize with the user how you come up with some hypothesis come up with the uh, some of that design ideas so the, follow the divergent and convergent design process and then finally come up with the final uh, idea so i i believe a designer always like a, is a holistic designer he can pretty much do but i think the way i'm seeing the trend is that everything is going towards a service and and that service could have components of or, or touch points of that could be physical they could be digital or they could be other uh, interaction that could happen and you need to look at all of them and and design it uh, design it well fantastic you know a nerve center of a good designer is the process that the designer follows and hence you know the coinage that i learned i'm taking away today i mean again all the design managers and designers listen to this it's the process folio that that kind of establishes your profundity and not just the end outcome thanks a lot for your time shashank it's been like 25 odd minutes of exhilarating conversation took a lot of the coinage process full is something that i think as in gorwa should do a lot of glorification around it so that yeah. the world knows process folio as a, as a terminology thanks once again great discussion and thanks. yeah and this marks the end of this episode again yeah, with good. another good yeah wonderful nice yeah. talking to you thank you thanks thank you and yeah stay safe and cheers everyone